we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. God is so good. Amen. And I know we've been working through our way, our way through Acts, but we are varying off of the path today. So we're going to be, uh, yes, we're going to be uh, in Luke 22, or 24, excuse me. Now, if you did not get a communion cup and you would like to participate, we're going to be doing this at the end of our time together. If you didn't get one, if you will just raise your hand, we'll get some ushers to get you one. If you didn't, anybody did not get a communion cup? Okay, I think everybody might have. All right. Um, with that said, I'd like to welcome you. If you're visiting with us this morning, welcome to Harvest. We, we're glad to have you here. Um, you may uh, not be used to our style of worship, and uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we believe in celebrating Jesus. We, we, we celebrate, as a matter of fact, I don't even like the term service. Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody said, wow, pastor's got a suit on today. I said, no, the correct question is who, who passed away. So anyway, but uh, I, have, I have a suit on today because I just, um, I just felt like wearing one. But uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 24, and we're going to talk about everything changed. Change is part of life. Change is something we all go through, don't, don't matter who you are, no matter where, where you're from. Change is going to take place. Change is going to continue to take place in your life throughout the rest of your life. And so Luke 24 is one of my favorite stories, and as a matter of fact, I referenced this a few times. Um, I did Wednesday night, as a matter of fact, in our class, but, but I, I kept, as I got ready for today, I kept coming back to Luke 24 because I feel like there's some things that maybe we need to, to glean from this, this Easter Sunday. Um, Easter's a wonderful time. We, we celebrate uh, a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, uh, the whole week is full of activities as far as family and and I know some of you, you've got activities planned after today. So a lot of families have cookouts and egg hunts and all those good things. Um, but the primary purpose of this day is a day of remembrance. That we're not just remembering that Jesus died, we're also remembering that he was resurrected. The resurrection changed everything. The resurrection changes everything. And I think far too many Christians don't realize the power that is in the word resurrection because we sometimes fantasize it and make it a fairy tale. We look at the stories of Jesus and the disciples and the early church and we don't really make them reality in our life. And because they're not reality in our life, we fictionize them and we don't, we don't place them in their proper place in our walk with God and we're missing a piece of that walk because we don't do that. We're missing an element of why we, we gave our hearts to Jesus. Now, the truth is, most of us gave our hearts to Jesus for one sole purpose, and that was to avoid hell. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> but as you grow in your faith in God, you in mature in your faith in, with God, you realize that it's more than just staying out of that horrible place. That Jesus came to restore a broken relationship between you and his, and, and his Father. That sin had severed our relationship with the Father, and it was irreparable damage on our part we couldn't fix it in other words we could not be good enough we could not give enough tithe and offering we could not try to obey enough because every time we would fulfill one part of the law we would fall short in thousands of other areas and so Jesus came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves and that was to live a sin a sinless life 
And then in that, on that Friday in the Garden of Gethsemane, or Thursday in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he began to, as he was finishing up the week, he began to take on our sin. Not his sin, but our sin. Everything that has ever been done and will be done, he saddled upon himself and he took upon himself so that you and I might live. That you and I might know forgiveness and restoration with the Father. In other words, that is great and I'm glad that he died on the cross. But if he did not come back from the dead, if if the resurrection did not take place, then you and I have followed a lie. If the resurrection didn't take place, then you and I, we are following a man and not the God who wrapped himself up in flesh known as Emmanuel. The resurrection sets Jesus apart from any other faith on this earth. And we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Jesus is the risen king who is victorious over death, recognized by the disciples, validated by the scriptures, and enthroned over all creation. The truth changes our faith, or this truth changes our faith, our theology, and our life. The resurrection also changes our practical living. The resurrection isn't, isn't just a doctrine to believe, but it is a truth that should change our life and our behavior. In other words, the resurrection should be something not just thought of on Easter Sunday, but it should be thought of every single day that we get up. Luke 24 addresses this. Think about the most famous person who died recently, someone whose death made every newspaper and television broadcast. Think about that. I listed a few just in 2022. Bob Sackett died. Uh, Jay Weaver, basis for Big Daddy Weave. Some of y'all don't know who that is, but that was a group I like to follow, Christian band. Dan Reeves, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Louie Anderson, famous comedian. Meatloaf, not the food, passed away this year. And then recently, Gilford Godfrey, for those of you who don't know, the voice of the parrot in Aladdin. Okay. Imagine a few days later, as you're watching your favorite television show, the news interrupts with breaking news. And the anchor explains that one of these famous persons has come back to life. There is, in, there, is, there is proof everywhere. He is being seen not just by the ones who were his uh, followers, but he's being seen everywhere by people. He's seen walking the streets. He's seen uh, in the marketplace. They're seeing the, you know, Guilford Godfrey's alive. This would be disturbing to many. As a matter of fact, the nation would be in shock. Few would, some would believe that, that truly the proof is there and he's alive, and some would look and say they're making this up. As you change the channels, you discover the news is the, this news is subject on every station. You go to work, everybody's talking about it. You browse the internet, everyone's posting and blogging about it. This is monumental because this is impossible. This has never happened before, or has it? Now think about that. If we aren't in awe of the resurrection of Jesus as a historical event, then we may only see it as a fairy tale in our lives. If the resurrection, if you read of that story, if you, if you sing about the stone being rolled away and an empty tomb, and that is just something that, that, that you're not in awe of, then you have accepted this just like you have any other fairy tale that's out there. In other words, you, you put it on the same level. You should be in awe. I should be in awe of the resurrection. 
The resurrection is scientifically impossible, but it is historically true. The resurrection is history-making, earth-shaking, life-transforming, and eternity-changing. It is a truth through the capital T. Yet many Christians do not even consider the resurrection when they wake up each morning. We consider it on Easter. We consider it on certain days. We consider it maybe if we have communion at church. But we really do not focus on the fact that he came to die, but he didn't just die. He got up on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. You may comprehend this theology, the theology behind it, but, has, but yet has it changed your behavior and the way you walk with God? Has the resurrection been monumental to you? Let's look at a few areas. Jesus' resurrection changes our conversation. Luke 24, beginning with the 13th verse, is talking about two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And as they're traveling on the road of, of Emmaus, this is after Jesus has been crucified, after the resurrection, but yet they did not see him. They have yet to see him. They are returning back home. In other words, we had a good run. And, and things went real well for a while, but now it's over because he's dead. Listen to their conversation. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles away from Jerusalem. And they, t they were talking with each other about all the things that, they had, that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Boy, he was sneaky. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have, hap or have happened there in these days? In other words, where have you been, man? Are you, the, are you the first visitor that we've come across? Because if you've been anywhere near Jerusalem, you know what's been going on over the last week. In other words, he went on to tell him this in verse 19. And he said to, said to them, what things? Don't you love it when Jesus just kind of plays along? What things are you talking about? What are you talking about? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. There is their theology. Uh, they're betrayed by their own words. Who was this Jesus to them? He was a man. Who was this Jesus to them? He was a prophet, but he was a mighty one. But that's it. No mention that he was the Son of God. No mention of any such thing. Why? Because after he was crucified, after he was entombed, their hopes, their dreams died with him. No longer did they view him as the Son of God. They viewed him as a man and a prophet. And our chief priest and our rulers delivered him up and condemned him to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We, we really were hoping he was the Messiah. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since this happened. Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb this early this morning, and they did not find his body. They came back saying that they had even seen a, a vision of angels. They're belittling what has 
has been told to them. Who said that he was alive? Verse 24, some of them who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said, but they did not see him. These two disciples are walking this seven-mile stretch of road having a conversation. It's about the resurrection of Jesus. It's obviously the most shocking news they had ever heard, but the, the fact is they didn't really believe it. A stranger begins to walk to them. Jesus, he's incognito. <laughs> they were astounded to learn that this man had apparently not heard of the story. Notice that their conversation wasn't just about the details of the resurrection, but, it was, but also about who was suppo- he was supposed to be, his life, his death, and what all of it meant. The truth of the resurrection is just as shocking today as it was 2,000 years ago, if we'll allow it to sink in. Don't treat the resurrection as some cold truth you've always heard about this morning. Don't allow your understanding and your presentation of the gospel to be about the death of Jesus alone. And we are so guilty of presenting the gospel and only presenting part of it. We will talk of his death and we will talk how he died on the cross and we will even uh, you know, look at all these things that, that remind us of Calvary. But I'm here to tell you if he stayed on the cross, if he died and stayed in the tomb, he was not who he claimed to be and you are following a lie if he was not resurrected. Number two. Jesus' resurrection changes the way we look and study the Word of God, or should. Let's look at these verses. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that that, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in in, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further, but they urged him, to, uh, urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he vanished out of their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we talk, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened uh, to us the Scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord, he has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in, in the breaking of bread. Now, I want to just stop there for a moment, and I want you to think about this. This action of the breaking of the bread had taken place all, their, all through their walk with Jesus. Many, many times he 